ghost stories Do all sorts of ghostly things Talk local legends And some ghost hunting Thank you for checking out this episode of Who's Ghost Stories. Wanted to say real quick, I apologize for the quality of the video and audio. While we recorded this episode on the Sasquatch and next episode on the Squonk, the recording software we use from Riverside didn't work perfectly, so Tyler's footage wasn't captured in high quality. So I had to use the backup files for our setup and Tyler and kind of just let them go as is. So I did my best to clean up the audio, but it's not at the normal high quality it usually is. It'll hopefully only be for these two episodes. Um, so you might have to turn the volume up a little bit to hear us because I did some audio scrubbing to get rid of the extra noises, but I did my best. Hopefully you enjoy it. Welcome folks to another episode of Who's Ghost Stories. We are back in the studio with our Tyler ready to bring you guys some more action. Talking action. We're not going out into the field today. Uh, I am your host from Uzar Reiki and Readings, the Reiki master and medium, Andrew Uzar. We've got cryptid expert and paranormal enthusiast, Professor Alex Wheaton, and of course, our everyday normal guy, Captain Tyler. This is going to be a fun run because it's about two years in the making. We're finally having our cryptid run. So I'm really excited to bring some cryptids to the channel. Uh, some housekeeping first. In the description, you can find the link tree. Link, when you click on that, it will take you to everywhere Who's Ghost Stories is available. It'll take you to the merch store, all of the Who's Our Raking Reading socials. So use that to find us everywhere. Uh, you'll find a link to Paranormality Magazine, where you can subscribe to the magazine, but you can also vote in their top 10 poll to keep us in the top 10 paranormal podcast. Uh, we were number two, and we're still in the top five now, so it's very exciting. But starting in September, there's going to be an act. And it'll have a special coupon code that you can use to get discounts on all of the 
check all of that out. And then lastly, we are affiliates for Ghost Stop. And they're going to be giving us some cool equipment over time. Got this little handy dandy pouch from them. But they also sent us an official S Box Spirit Box. So we have a real one now. Uh, we'll still be using the other app we use, but this will at least take care of one and let us do some cool things. So expect more equipment of theirs to show up, but you can use the link to go shop for them and check out everything they have. I'm not going to turn this on here. Uh, for those that don't know, Spirit Box is like this. They scan the radio and they use the white noise to bring through uh, what the spirits want to say. If this on, it would make everyone go deaf with white noise. Stack. Uh, you'll see videos of us using it in the field where it'll be less deafening. But we've got that. I'm very excited for that. Uh, if we're lucky, maybe one day they'll send us an obelisk, which is about $600. You know, pipe dreams, but the more you guys go buy equipment saying we sent you, maybe one day, maybe one day, you know, we'll get one. I'll, I'll even take a discount on it. Right there, they can give us half off. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we've had a sit-down episode here. We went to the Erie Cemetery for almost eight hours, which got into three episodes. I still have hours of footage that I can make a, like a whole other bonus out of. And then I went to Helltown, Paranormally Cryptid, had another explosive trip and hours of footage from there that got us three episodes. How are you? Oh, you know, I've been good. I've been here. Uh, I've been looking forward to coming back. It was, it was a nice little break for sure, but I'm excited to be back here in the studio. Recording you. So. How about you, Cap? How you doing? Oh, you know. Same old, same old, normal everyday stuff, you know. Fishing, drinking, loving everything. Fishing? God, I hate Luke Bryan, but sure. <laughs> and, of course, uh, fans of The Social and My Lives will recognize Paul here. The little spirited teddy bear. He's got his lights he's playing with in front, but he wanted to be a part. So we found him a little seat up there, so he's going to join us today, but... I think we can go ahead and jump into today's topic here. The first topic of our cryptids. Stout. The Dark Watchers, Tree Sentinels, Sasquatch, Yowie, Bigfoot. Whatever you know them as, this legendary cryptid has been discussed by mankind all over the world for centuries. The Native Americans believe these creatures were guardians of the forest. Petroglyphs created by the Yukits at Painted Rock depict a family of Sasquatch. The Kahalas said the Sasquatch were shape-shifting creatures. The Lumi and Iroquois both had their own Sasquatch stories and encounters. The Iroquois described their Sasquatch as aggressive, hair-covered giants with rock skin. The Lumi described them as nocturnal creatures that would stalk through the forest. That latter account matches up with what 16th century explorers and Mexican settlers experienced. Their stories talked about giant, hairy, humanoid creatures prowling the forest around their camps at night. In what is now Mississippi, Alfred was visiting the Natchez in 1721. They spoke of screaming, hairy creatures that lived in the forest. 
Jumping forward to a more recent century, we have the Cleveland Canyon Incident in 1924. A group of gold prospectors were staying in a cabin in a gorge near Mount St. Helens in Oregon. Prospectors were reported encountering gorilla men near their cabin. Fred Beck, one of the prospectors, shot at the hairy creatures as they approached, seemingly scaring them off. Later that night, however, the creatures returned. They attacked the cabin of prospectors by hurling large rocks at them. The rocks damaged the roof and even managed to injure some of the men. The next morning after the creatures ended their attack, the men fled the area. Prior to this event, stories of ape men and mountain devils were told for centuries by people who passed through this area. The name Bigfoot didn't come to prominence until 1958. Jerry Crew was working for a logging company in California. He discovered a set of large 16-inch human-like footprints sunk deep into the mud of Six Rivers National Forest. After informing his co-workers, many claimed to have seen similar tracks in different areas around their work site. Another worker mentioned how some 450-pound oil drums had been mysteriously moved one of the nights. The workers started calling the creature Bigfoot. They alerted a local reporter whose article on the subject spread throughout national newspapers, thus popularizing the name. In 1967, one of the most famous Bigfoot sightings occurred. It was, it was actually captured on camera. This is the Patterson-Gimlin film. Both sides of the Sasquatch argument have tried to debunk and authenticate this derisive video. This video was shot by Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin as they rode horses along Bluff Creek, which is located in Six Rivers National Forest. Upon rounding a bend, they saw a hairy bipedal creature crouching by the water's edge across the creek. Patterson's horse reared immediately, forcing him to leave his saddle. After claiming the horse, he retrieved his camera from the saddlebag and began filming. Patterson and Gimlin chased after the creature for a bit, Patterson trying to film it while Gimlin carried his rifle. The Sasquatch film has become widely known as Patty. Sasquatch have been seen all over the world, including right here in Pennsylvania. Many cryptid enthusiasts claim the deep woods of the Allegheny Forest are a hotbed for Sasquatch. Even Little Erie has had its share of Sasquatch sightings. In 2011, a teen was hitting golf balls near Wattsburg Road, and he heard a loud noise. He went looking for the culprit and saw a large, fat creature standing in a clearing on two legs. The creature was described as being roughly seven feet tall. In 1988, in Wintergreen Gorge near Penn State Barren, two men were camping near Four Mile Creek. They described hearing a god-awful screeching sound. They looked around and saw a giant hairy creature standing about a hundred yards away. They were able to scare it off by firing their guns into the air, noting it ran away on two legs. A little further south of Penn State Barren, a man has had ongoing encounters with Sasquatch since 1988. He's claimed to have heard whoops and calls, found footprints, and seen Sasquatch roaming the area. Between 2006 and 2008, saw there were three alleged Sasquatch sightings, all happening around hunting season. In one, a young boy was retrieving items from a truck when he saw a large hairy creature walk by. In another, a boy was hunting small game when he heard a loud noise. He looked around and saw a large creeper creature with an ape-like face watching 
boy quickly left the area. And the last one happened when a boy was spotted for deer when he saw a female creature on top of a hill that was about a hundred feet away. He too ran away out of fear. And in 2019, a man in Springfield Township captured video of a large, dark creature walking through the area. He shot his video from far away, and the dark figure can be seen walking for a few seconds before disappearing in the trees. Whatever your personal beliefs on Sasquatch are, you no doubt have to think the legend is interesting. Different creatures all over the world have some type of large ape-like humanoid. Is there a species of animal we haven't identified roaming the forests? Are all of these sightings just misidentifications of other animals like bears? Are they just hoaxes? Or are these really spiritual beings protecting the forests like the Native Americans believe? I don't know what the full truth is, but there's definitely something walking around out there. So, to kind of nip something in the bud here, we're going to pull up the Patterson Gimlet because this is going to be talked at length in here. And I got a couple different versions of it. I have the original, and then I have a cleaned up version, as well as a couple of screen grabs from it. So, is this like the one you see on History Channel all the time? Like when they run, like, they're, you know, every five-year special on Bigfoot? Is this like the same one? Okay, cool. Uh, so I'm going to kind of skip through the video here because the whole thing's three minutes long and we're not going to watch that whole thing. There we go. Oh, uh, AEW? Yes, dude. Yeah, how the hell did we get to Sting AEW? <laughs> what's, the, what's the unboxing? I think it must be a toy. There we go. Drop. There we go. All right. So, the first thing here, I'm just going to kind of focus on, like, the beginnings of the film. This doesn't have anything to do with Sasquatch here, but one thing people point out is... Um, Patterson and Gimlin filmed pretty much their entire cowboy trip through the mountain. And people like to point out that here early on in the film, you can see Patterson is not a terrible uh, like videographer. Like obviously the camera films old, so it looks like crap. But like he has like a steady hand, and he handles like sweeping shots pretty. And he's good at keeping focus on his targets. The reason people bring that up, and pause, see if I can just skip to Bigfoot, is when it comes time for the Sasquatch encounter, it gets very shaky cammy like he's panicking. And people take that as a little authentic because he's in his story of everything, he did struggle to get the camera out, and it was very much fast-moving and panic-induced, trying to get the shot. Right, here we go. Well, that makes sense. He found what he was looking for. Just, you know, came out of nowhere. Yeah. So, 
I'm going to go ahead and hit play. So this is where you can tell it gets very jumbly, and then when he calms down, you get the iconic image. Uh, and this is the original. A lot of the ones that you see are edited. So it's kind of cool to actually find the unedited version here. I do have a cleaned up version. Let me get over to that. Oh, that was pretty clean. I mean, you can definitely see, you can make out something that isn't a horse walking on two legs. That's good for 1967, yeah. I think. just stabilized and kind of like scrubbed into better quality. Huh. So, what's interesting about this video is that over the years, a lot of people have come out saying that they helped fake it or that they made the suit. And recently, a lot of them turned out to be lying themselves. So we still don't know with 100% certainty if this video is fake or real or not. Um, we'll all have a chance to give our opinions. Um, one thing here that's interesting that a lot of people argue is that ape costumes at the time sucked. Mm -hmm. So this is an interesting breakdown I kind of found here. Can I make this full screen too? Huh. This here is a costume from a movie that came out in 1970 called Beneath Planet of the Apes. And then in between are screen grabs of Patty. So people argue that Hollywood didn't even make a costume that looked this good. That's fair. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, two cowboys from, you know, Oregon, you know, yeah. better costumes than Hollywood is kind of the argument there that people are like, it's impossible. Uh, so, this is a screen grab of Patty. She's beautiful. Uh, so, I don't know where I fall on the Gimlin-Patterson film. I believe and know, like, there is, like, a Sasquatch or something out there, but this video, I don't know. And the main problem I have is, it's going to sound kind of weird, is actually the breasts. Um, oh. the, re the reason being is you don't see many primates that have hairy breasts. Like, usually those are one of the areas that's kind of spotted. Uh, because of, like, the breastfeeding and stuff like that. Like, they do have hair on them, but these ones look to be covered. But, again, like, it could be just the quality of the film that it looks that way and is kind of grainy. Uh, but that's the only thing that kind of has me going, huh? But again, if this is an unidentified animal, we really don't know what it would look like to like that, it could be 100% hair. 
but I did want to pull up huh. the Patterson-Gimlin stuff now to kind of talk about it. I do have some other videos to show of different things later on in this episode. But Tyler, what do you think strictly of that film? So, personally, I'm a big Sasquatch fan. So I like it. I believe it. I, um, I've read that before about the whole um, the whole Hollywood thing. I've read that argument before, and I, I think it checks out, you know. I also think that the way – I don't know. I think the way that Patty is walking in that film, I don't think it's someone who is over, over you know, acting, walking, like with the swing of the arms – I think it's genuine. I did personally. Like I said, I'm a big Sasquatch fan. I, uh, you know, I have a Sasquatch sticker on my cooler and truck, and I personally believe in Sasquatch. So I, I think it's legit. I've seen the video a bunch of times throughout the years. Um, that's interesting. I never noticed the breasting, though. I know, I, not at all. I've never noticed that. So it's interesting. See if I can share this this picture. Is Alex pulled up a picture of a female gorilla that's pregnant? And I have to say, uh, I don't want to don't want to subscribe to this here, but I'll just share the the Google page here. But it does. I almost want to take back my breast argument because I don't think. The breasts look closer to here when I'm looking at on this gorilla. Um, okay. Let me get over here. So I mean, it does make it a little eat a little better for me here. Who shot the majority of the film? Uh, Patterson. Oh, okay. So I mean, it. Yeah, you can see it. They look similar. Yeah. So, like, I don't feel as rough on that part of it anymore, but, like, you're right. And, like, the interesting thing that you mentioned about the natural movement is that's a creek bed. Like, that's not a developed area or a smooth area. And yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't have any trouble walking. And we shot the Puma Ovens in Bigfoot thing. And just walking in like your sneakers through the woods in that suit was difficult. I'll say as someone who wore a Bigfoot outfit, I'm, I can honestly say it's not easy to get footing on any kind of creek bed. It's just, it's very yeah. difficult on flat dirt or even regular like dirt trails or in the woods. Like it's easier than on a creek bed. That is a significantly more difficult uh, terrain to walk in a costume that covers the whole body. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I go fishing, I wear, you know, on creeks and streams, wearing waders with big clunky boots. Like it's not easy at all. Yeah. And that creature just walks no problem. So, I mean, that also helps lend some validity to it. And the other thing, too, that people point out, and I'm not a scientist or very you know, mathematically smart, so I can't do the math, but they say if you compare Patty to, like, the boulders and the trees around, it would have to be a very, very large man in the costume. Yeah, it's classic. 
Oh, that's, yeah, that's a pretty classic argument. So, I, I don't know about Patty. Uh, just because there's a lot of questions, my, like, skeptic brain gets in the way, like, hearing all the people that are like, oh, yeah, I helped with it, but then you find out they were lying, too. It's like, all right, I'm, I'm back in the middle. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about that? So this inspired me. Um, I don't know how well you can see it, either Tyler or Andrew or any of our viewers that watch this, but usually if something comes up that I'm confused about, I'll immediately start looking into it and Googling and trying to discover more information. I've never thought about it, but I was like, when was the first portable camera? officially released and it was 1967 same year of this film and it was the sony dv 2400 portable it was the first portable camera that used magnetic tape which first saw uh, use in germany in 1928 for audio um so the fact that the first portable camera came out in the same year as this to me is more of support for it being authentic than it being fake. And the only reason I say that is because if this Sasquatch has always been a big popular topic, like it's always been covered. Um, but having the chance to just go out and I don't think that these people would have bought a camera with the distinct purpose of let's go out, film a fake Bigfoot and win money. Cause I don't know if at the time there was any kind of reward for any kind of footage of Bigfoot. I know in later years there would be, but I don't know if in 67 there was. Yeah. If there was like from the previous three, four years, then yes, I could see it being a host. But to my knowledge, I don't know of a, an actual like, Five hundred dollars huh. for the first uh, image of Bigfoot. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't think that would pop up until the nineteen eighties. Um, but I could be wrong. But that to me, that gives more validity to the uh, particular the realness of this. Um, but yeah, as far as the uh, Patterson Gimlin uh, and Patty situation, uh, I. Now knowing that the people who originally said, yeah, I worked on the costume were not truthful brings me back on the, I don't know where I stand on this film. Um, so I'm still back on the fence, but um, as the cryptid expert and someone who loves the history of these things, um, I think I would be very hard pressed to say that uh, Sasquatch as a species does not exist. Whether it's still alive out there is another question. Um, but the fact that so many cultures around the entire world have the same stories, and this was in a pre-internet era when those stories weren't spread around commonly, I mean, yeah, you had uh, colonizers and individuals who carried those stories with them, but these stories already existed. 
several different native uh, tribes in North America had these stories already, and they weren't connecting and communicating with each other. They were across the country. They were in different, their own different areas. Across the world, there were different native people who had these stories that go back centuries and centuries. When you have a common story like that, there is a basis in some kind of truth. Yeah. And so for me, it's impo- It's very, very, very unlikely that Sasquatch never existed. Yeah. I, I think with our uh, massive uh, expanse and deforestation, I think that if Bigfoot as a species is still out there, uh, we are threatening its environment, but I... I I want it to still be alive and strong, but I, I don't, I don't know. And I think that's probably why the areas that get the most Bigfoot sightings now are these either abandoned or heavily wooded places, like Allegheny, Appalachia, uh, Six Rivers National Forest, um, where these, where Jerry Crew and the film were shot at. Um, yeah, the Pacific Northwest, still heavily wooded. Yeah, so like I think that's why now like you're only seeing sasquatch sightings in these areas Um, and the one thing that always gets brought up is how come there's not a really good picture of a sasquatch and it's easy to understand especially like if you go hiking the you're only carrying the stuff you need you know when we go filming we have to carry a lot of equipment, and it's a pain, so we don't usually go trekking too much. You know, if we have to go many places, we'll pack up, put it in the car, drive around. And if we are walking, we limit what we take. Yeah. I'll say, yes, one of the, we have a very popular skeptic in our own friend group who's brought this up several times with the advancement of technology and the fact that everyone has a smartphone nowadays why don't we have better film of these things but the reality is a lot of these cryptid creatures are seen in places where you typically aren't planning you're not spending your entire time with your phone like this you're you're fishing on a lake you're not looking at your phone the whole time you're concentrating on the fishing and yeah. oh a giant sea creature comes towards me oh man i panic try to get footage of it or try to get to safety first and then it's like yeah that's going to be bad quality you are hiking in the woods and you hear a loud sound your first thought is i'm in danger you're looking around you may see it you may pull out your phone real quick but when you move fast with any kind of like high quality camera you're still going to get grainy and not as clear footage <sighs> And no. If you, Sorry. If you with a cell phone, it's going to be mm-hmm. a terrible quality picture. You would need a high quality camera like Megan has, but you have to be still and not shaky to take that picture. And like you said perfectly, if you see a large creature or you hear that noise, you're not running at it because you're putting yourself in danger. Like if you see a bear. You you're getting you're you have your options like if it's a black bear you're slowly backing out grizzly bear you're playing dead like if you think you're seeing a possible large uh-huh. hundred yards away you're not gonna be like unless you're a trained professional 
or biology, you're not going to be like, all right, I'm going in there. Like, you're going to be like, all right, I'm going this way. And so you're not going to get close enough to get what you can. Um, so that's why when people say, like, there's no good features of one, like, that's always the thing is like, well, even if you're on an expedition going out to find one, you have to be in a perfect setup, not moving with a great camera to get that picture. Um, and I, and people do have good pictures of them. They don't share them because, you know, like we found out with the UFOs, like people get ridiculed. So mm -hmm. if you have this picture and you see it and believe in Bigfoot and you know, if you share it, like the skeptics and people are just going to think less of you and ridicule you. You're only going to share it with the people who already believe the people you're close with. So photos like that don't get widespread either that are decent in quality. I don't even think they'd still be great. Like I have a video that has a pretty good quality one and it was shot on a cell phone. So it's still not yeah. fantastic, but it's always one thing I think about when people bring up the picture. Um, the other argument I want to talk about and get both your opinions on is the dead body argument. You know, if it's out there, how can we have it had like a dead body? And my, my thinking on that is one, if they live deep in the forest, that body's either getting eaten, uh, dissolved, it, like yeah. naturally by the forest, or like if it is, like we also don't know what they do with their dead. Uh, as weird as that sounds, but like we know there are animals that mourn their dead. Elephants. Yes. And, um, oh God, I can't think of the other one right now. I think it's a type of type of ape, actually, that like they mourn their dead, and like there are other crows mourn their dead, and like crows will have funerals and burials for their their dead uh, murder members. That sounds weird to say, but they're <laughs> dead murder members, and they'll they'll try to they'll bury the body in their own way, and so like we have animals that do that. So I don't think it'd be out of the question, yeah. uh, you know, six seven foot animal able to do that as well. What do you? think whenever you hear people talk about a dead body so you brought up all the points that are logical and intelligent like truly um part of the reason why elephants do this why crows do this um is because it's a type of uh intelligence it's emotional intelligence that they have um we've seen that lots of corbits have extreme like intelligence and memory. They can remember uh, a person up to like five years. Like you can train crows to do things. Yeah. Um, like you said, elephants. Elephants are notorious for uh, making pilgrimages to where a member of their herd died, and they will go back there on the death day. Like they will remember the exact time. And this is just incredible and it's heartbreaking, but at the same time, it shows that there is a level of intelligence and emotional intelligence that traditionally biologists said that the difference between humans and animals was we're intelligent and conscious and they're just base biology running off of the natural instincts. And we see time and again, intelligent creatures show this kind of 
remorse, sadness kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we don't know enough about the large ape culture to know, and especially if particularly Sasquatch is a specific subspecies of great ape that evolved simultaneously as humans but down a different path, we don't know how smart they are. Like We have speculation based off the fact that they've stayed so well hidden and things like that, that maybe they are more intelligent or maybe they're not as intelligent. We don't know. So you hit all the points on the head. Everyday man. What are you thinking on that topic? So I'll kind of go off what you were saying. Like, I don't know, people are hiking all the time. Like, I mean, I do a fair share. I don't see dead deer carcass in the woods, you know. I think that's kind of, you know, I don't see dead coyote bodies, you know, even squirrels and rabbits. Like, the only time I see those dead are when they're on the shoulder of the road. So I think that's kind of the most, I think it's kind of the most logical stance to take on that because it's like, I mean, yeah, it's an argument. It's not a good argument. Like to say, like, what about dead bodies? Well, yeah. What about dead deer bodies? Like, when's the last time you went hiking and you just saw a dead deer, dead coyote, you know, dead wood, any woodland animal, just dead, you know. Yeah. You don't see a dead body in the woods when you're hiking unless it's fresh. And if it's fresh, usually yeah. something hunted it. And so it's, yeah. Something is not far away from devouring it. Yeah. I'm honestly more shocked. I'm honestly more shocked. No one's got no one got hit by a car yet. Yeah. yeah. Sasquatch is the hide and seek champ, baby. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna go ahead and share a couple other videos I have here. Let's see. Which one do we want to do first? All right, let's do this one from Expedition Bigfoot. So there are a lot of Bigfoot shows. Mm -hmm. I despise some of them. Yeah. Expedition Bigfoot is one of my favorites because I feel like the people are at least passionate about Bigfoot, but also at least semi-scientific about it. Um, You know, I hate hunting Bigfoot from Animal Planet because... Even the, even the skeptic they have is so quick that anything possible is Bigfoot. If a, like, it's just, it's maddening. So, and like every, every case they investigate, they determine is Bigfoot. And it's like, really? Yeah, oh, and it's like, yeah, like I want it to be Bigfoot too, but every Bigfoot sighting isn't going to be legitimate and isn't going to be Bigfoot. Um, so, I like Expedition Expedition Bigfoot more because I feel like they at least bridge that gap a little better of, all right, some things are Bigfoot, but yeah, we understand things aren't as well. Um, So this is a recent clip of theirs that's kind of cool, and we'll talk about what we think of it. I have it muted, so we're going to let it run until the cool part ends, and then I might kind of go back and play it again. Um, but this guy is shooting a video with a telescope from his cell phone across a mountain range, and he sees um, a creature on the other side here. 
So I'm going to go ahead and hit play. So, again, cell phone through a telescope, so this is why he's able to see so far. Uh, but there's the f figure that he sees, this little black guy. Right there. Mm. Where? It gets kind of... What? what? Right there. Oh, Jesus, Murphy. Okay. And then it stands up straight yeah, okay. and walks away. Uh, so I'm going to rewind here because now the rest of it just goes... Oh, no, we're going to show it again. The rest of it goes into them going to explore the area here. And I'll try to put my mouse on it again here. So yeah, there's this little black thing. And even here you can see, like, he's on oh, an yeah. expedition. But, like, if you don't keep the scope trained, so yeah. We'll pause it. So yeah, so this is the figure. Like, he's, he's crouching, and I'll try to get a still of it. So then it stands up. And just walks away. Um, do they show it walking away? Yeah. Or does he, okay. Ooh. And then it just takes wow. a few steps right off screen. Oh, okay. That's, um, huh. So there's that one. And I think that one's really interesting um, because at first, even they thought that it's just a bear because it's a squat, dark shape across a mountain range. But yeah. The fact it stands up straight, you're still kind of like, okay, still a bear. But then it walks on its hind legs. Bears don't really do that, at least not far. They can take a couple awkward steps. Yeah, that was pretty natural. Yeah. So, I mean, that's interesting you know they go in the clip they go over to that side and you know they try to see if they can find the creature but they don't um, and i just i don't know i really, I really like that clip um it's 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 that stand and walk that really gets you thinking about no. We're gonna share this one next one. This is a compilation video of pictures taken at Helltown. At where? Helltown. Oh, that's what I thought you said, okay. So these were not taken on my expedition. I don't know who took these ones. I just want to say that now. Um, but we'll let it play, and I'll kind of pause it whenever like a super cool one comes up. Um, so like this one here, these pictures are tough because it's just a dark shape in the woods from far away. Yeah. There's no um, real scale or definition on it. So this one, kind of the same thing here. Cell phone picture through the trees that like you have to blow up. Um, it's it's an odd. This one at least is an odd shape. Like you can't tell much, but the face is like odd. Yeah. Like, that's kind of like how like all of these are. And that's, 
Yeah. Kind of the problem. But we already uh, the quadrupedals on all fours of the quadrupedal stance. So I don't like that, that one, but like people, I don't even see them in that one. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and switch to the other one. I do know the people that took this picture. So here's a question: How do they know female Bigfoot as opposed to male? I I think the breasts is the thing that they look for. Yeah, but if you're looking at that far away, like there's no way you can tell. No, I, I think either I think they were they had binoculars or something that made them see closer, or they're just taking a guess. Oh, In that picture, I can't even see the. Color. I mean, think about how many questionable humans you see on a week to week basis. Really, what was that then? Yeah. Well, alone something with fur. Um, so the audio's off here. This was this picture was taken by Paranormal Obsession back in April uh, at Helltown. When we met them, they showed us this picture and a few other pictures, and it was kind of like, okay, that is something, and it's not a bear. Um, at one point in the video, they do zoom in on it here, so I'm going to let it play until it gets to that point. And then I'm going to pause it, but it is right in the circle. Um, like, for at least from here, I'll pause it here. You can at least see the shape of yeah something in front of the trees <laughs> moving in the trees. All right, I'm gonna see if I can skip forward to find where they. Here we go. Let's let it run for its full minute here. Come on. I know you had a zoomed in part. I watched it on my phone. Oh, here we go. Maybe, maybe the text is gone. There we go. Hmm. So, yeah. So, right here. Um, and I like this one because it's clear enough that you can at least see texture. Um, like, you can yeah. see like a furry texture here, but that, that that's not a bear body. Sheep doesn't. Oh. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. that looks closer to a gorilla than anything you would find in the woods. Um, so this one's definitely interesting and compelling. And I think this is probably the best picture I've seen coming out of Helltown. Is this one here. I wish, you know, perfect scenario, they capture it from the front. Because this is clearly the back end. Uh, right. Dream scenario, they somehow get it looking at them. But as far as... You know, a Bigfoot picture, I think that's at least a pretty good one where at least you can see size, a little bit of body shape, and it's not distorted to the point where you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking at. Hmm. All right, so we looked at those. Um, Alex, out of those videos in that picture, which one of those would be like the most compelling evidence if someone showed you just one of them? That last one. 
it's a your exact point that you can see more of a uh, fur or hair texture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird to say texture, but that is probably the best descriptor for it. Um, yeah, some of the in that one that was the video of all the like little pictures and everything that they took, some of them are just yeah, they were not good quality. Um, so yeah, if you were trying to convince me that Helltown had a Sasquatch, that last one definitely would have been it. Yeah, I, I agree. That picture just it's not if you're trying to get that like 100% without a doubt picture of a Bigfoot. That might not be it, but I think that's as close as you might kind of, you're gonna get. Yeah. Um, Tyler, out of those pictures in that video, what one was the mo- what was the most interesting one to you? Probably, uh, yeah, probably the second one, or, or the last one you showed from Helltown. Um, it's just, they say you can see texture. It didn't really look like a bear, but again, like from behind, it's tough. But yeah. It, it was at least the the most convincing, clarity wise, um, out of them. So I'm gonna go Helltown. Yeah, that one at least it gives you more to argue that it is a Bigfoot than the others. Yeah, right. Because even the video from across the canyon, with it being so far away, like it is possible that that was another hiker that was like squatting down and then stood up. Right. You know, I think. I think there may have been like different colors, but again, from a, a canyon away, like if they're wearing anything dark colored clothes, they're gonna show up as a black, a dark blob on there. So like I think that last picture is kind but of again, you could tell that it wasn't a t-shirt, you know, yeah. or a hoodie. So I did find a pretty cool thing on Google Maps here, where they mapped out the Bigfoot sightings across Pennsylvania. We don't really have to dig into it too much here, but I did find it interesting, the spread. Mm -hmm. Um, So, southwest Pennsylvania, probably the heaviest here, which makes sense going down to Morgantown, Maryland border. Um, Up here, Makes sense too because huh. a lot of Bigfoot sightings. Um, sporadic out through here is kind of surprising to me because there is. That's. I know Allegheny is heavy right over here, but this is still heavy wooded area, so I'm surprised there's not as many here, kind of in the middle of the state. Hmm. But like, what's kind of cool here if you do want to further look into these sightings. If you click on where, it actually tells you what happened. Oh, do we do this before with something else? Um, I think so. I think we found another map. I forget what it was for, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is just kind of cool if you wanted to look into more like in Pennsylvania where there have been Bigfoot sightings. Is that just Pennsylvania? Yeah, this one's just Pennsylvania. I'm sure there's one for like every state. Um, but tell you one second. What about the protocol for for New York? Let's see, Bigfoot sightings map. Uh, 
Apparently, I've visited this page before. All right, cool. So hold on. So what's what's the color thing mean again? So, oh, Ed, I found the New York map too. Hey, all right. So, so that one I showed you guys was recently is updated pretty consistently. Um, I don't know how often this one gets updated. It says two days ago, actually. Hmm. Oh, yeah, published two days ago. Yeah. Wow. So One of the pins is right at my address. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know what is odd though? Holy shit. Okay. So there is a there is a uh pin dropped right on my home river, which I think is awesome. All right, let's see. Taiwan or right offshore. Of the, wow. Right in like the place I used to, a little town I know very well. Obviously, because it's right on my home river. All right, let's see. Da, da, da. Look at this. This is pretty cool. I like this. There's one right in the city of Buffalo, though. That's kind of. How close? Let's see. Well. That's funny. The one in Buffalo is like right in one of the most, like just just outside the city. So actually, it's right in the city. Could not be any more urban. And like, see, that's just false. There's no way. There's no way. Does it give a date when you click on it? Normally they do, but this one gives a video. But it's where the like. Okay, this has got to be fake. There's, I don't know. Yeah, it's like literally right by the Bison Stadium. So there's no way that's legit. There's no way. But in total? Okay, so here's a description on one I randomly clicked. This is extremely vague. 3 a.m. This is the whole thing. 3 a.m. motorist witnessed a small Sasquatch roughly five foot tall cross the highway and go up a hill. What? Stop. I, I, come on. A small <laughs> at 3 a.m.? Come on. That's, That's garbage. Trunk go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, dude, that was a deer crossing. That was a deer crossing the highway, you drunk bastard. All right. So let's kind of here at the tail end. Let's talk about like what we think Sasquatch is. Um, Man, Sasquatch is the best. I, I think there's actually two types of Sasquatch. I think there is a real unidentified species out there that is a physical, living, breathing being. But I also think, like what we ran into at Delaware Road, possibly what I ran into at Helltown, I think there is kind of a spiritual Bigfoot where there's a Native American guardian of a land that, like, one of its forms that it can take is of a Sasquatch because so many Native American tribes said the Sasquatch were peaceful towards them and were just protectors of their forest. So I don't think it's a stretch that, you know, not all of these are physical real Bigfoots, but 
in some instances, they are the guardians of that land taking that form because the beast of Delaware Road we saw in our research has changed into a different animal now. So I think one of the forms people could be seeing and running into is a guardian and it chooses that form because it is scary and threatening and you know people are gonna get chased away by it and I think that could also be a reason why there's not a lot of physical evidence from it because it's a spirit, like it's a guardian. So I do think there is an actual unidentified animal out there, but then I also think that some of them are something different as well. Um, Alex, what are, you, what are your thoughts on what Sasquatch is? You brought up a good point. I hadn't thought about the last part, but you're right. Um, and to develop a little bit further on that, the form it takes could be that of something that was once very populous in this area, but because of urbanization and expansion and uh, development, that species may have died out. But as you said, a, a guardian spirit of the land taking this form would make sense. It doesn't have to necessarily still exist for it to take a form like that. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. And like, I, I, one thing that also kind of leads me down that way is the one tribe specifically, the Kahalas, talked about Sasquatch as shape-shifting creatures. Mm -hmm. So that kind of right there is all is already like, well, there was something that was already using that form. It's not far-fetched to think. So yeah, I do, like I said, like I think there is a physical animal out there, but I don't think they're all that way. Uh, Tyler. What, what do you what do you think Sasquatch is? Uh, I think I've been mean, the whole like I didn't think about the spiritual thing before, so I kind of have to like marinate on that, just because you know I'm not as well versed as you guys are. Um, but I think Sasquatch is real. I mean, I want to believe. I do believe. I like to think I had my own encounter as a child once. Not I mean, zero hard zero hard evidence. I mean, I was like ten years old. And I was walking around and I saw like massive footsteps in the snow that like didn't resemble, they looked like a paw print. And where I grew up, we don't have bears. We don't have anything like that that would leave a paw print that big. So immediately I was like, you know, I'm just running off the Sasquatch thing. But I think I think there are species, you know, hanging out in, like I said, heavily wooded areas. As far as like a number, I don't know. I mean, no one really knows how much of anything exists. There's just guesstimates. But definitely in, you know, more uh, heavily wooded areas, definitely a prominent area for Sasquatch to hang out and live. Um, but, yeah, I think one of my favorite cryptids, probably my favorite, love the, love the whole Sasquatch thing. But, yeah. And I agree. And one thing that, like, I want to mention, I don't think it's going to help make anyone believe in Sasquatch. But since I've met Cody from Paranormally Cryptid, I've gotten into a lot more cryptid communities. You know, I stuck mostly to the spiritual and paranormal side of things. But, like, now I am getting more into the cryptid communities. And one thing I've noticed with a lot of Bigfoot hunters is that name for them is actually kind of terrible. Most of them 
don't want to hunt Bigfoot like you would an animal, like a deer. They also aren't out to prove its existence for fame. And a lot of them don't even want Bigfoot to be real to the mainstream world. They just want to know its existence among their little community. Because yeah, personal What? The personal validation. Yeah. And like their, their fear is a lot of them is if everyone in the world knows Bigfoot exists, first thing that's going to happen is people are going to try to kill and catch it. Mm-hmm. You know, because. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are, you know, we already have big game hunting. We go out and kill lions and elephants and giraffes for no reason. And like poachers are out there hunting rhinos. So if you know what Bigfoot's real, like these idiots and assholes are going to go out and try to kill it and catch it. And then you're going to have the, you know, the debate, like, should we put them in, like, zoo? Should we try to, like, get them on display? Like, there's a whole, once humanity's involved, there's a whole mess of things that happen. We just don't... The dodo effect. Yeah, the dodo. We completely wipe it out of existence. The National Bird of Canada. Like, Like, yeah, like, there's just... Once something is 100% real, mankind gets involved, and they don't want that to happen. So I do think that's an interesting thing that I have found out, because I didn't know so much the community was that way, where they were just like, we just want to know for ourselves. Like, I don't want everyone to know, because now it's a thing. Good on them, too. I respect that. Yeah. Some you know, I personally have a lot of relatable things to that in my own, you know, life, but I respect the hell out of it. Yeah, I think that's that's really cool, and so I did want to, you know, commend them for that, because not a lot of people are that way. Like, there's no people out there that would immediately go try to hunt one. Hence why I use social media, too. Yeah. I'm an enthusiast. I don't want to go out and hunt any of the, of the cryptids that we're going to talk about or that we're not going to talk about. I personally, I want to know that they're real just so I know that it is out there. I don't care if the entire world knows. I just, I, I would like validation for it. Yeah, and I agree. Like, if I if we caught footage of a Bigfoot, I would share it, like, amongst ourselves. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, maybe, like, the cryptic community. But, like, I don't even know if I showed you up. <laughs> you tried to disprove it in an yeah. instant. So it's just like, why? So... But I think that does it for this episode. Alex, do you have anything you want to throw in on Sasquatch? If you're out hiking and you come across this gentle giant, leave it alone. Um, And not getting political at all, but uh, preserve our forests. They are Bigfoot's natural habitat. And, you know, we here support Bigfoot. Bigfoot's part of our... uh, or Sasquatch is part of our uh, cryptid shirt, so uh, protect its environment. I didn't. I didn't think this episode would turn into us showing our conservation colors, right? <laughs> <laughs> all three of us. <laughs> Leave it alone, um, Tyler. Anything you want to throw in here? No, I think pretty much covered it. Personally, as stated, you know, big, 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 bigfoot guy, you know. Leave, leave them alone. Let them fucking hang out and prosper. Yeah, and don't be a dick. Don't share them. Yeah. 
especially especially the age of social media. Like social media has ruined so many things. Like for me, fishing. Now, ever since the COVIDs and everything else, people love to throw everything that they catch up on Instagram, and like let's just, let's not do that with, with Bigfoot, you know? Yeah. Just, just, you know, leave them alone. I haven't seen Champ for a couple hundred years now. Yeah. I agree. Uh, you know, Bigfoot's out there, and you know what? Let's just let him be. You know, let's if you have that perfect shot or whatever, don't throw it up on Instagram or TikTok. Or yeah. Let the mystery be out there. Exactly. Leave leave something to imagination. But I think that does it for Sasquatch here. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to like, subscribe, leave reviews, share us around. Come back next time for some more cryptid action. Stay in the light.